The process of landing investment banking job offers can often feel like a black box, which leads to confusion and anxiety for most of the candidates going through it. Hey, my name is Sam Shaw, and I'm the founder of Wall Street Mastermind. I've personally coached numerous students on how to successfully break into top-tier investment banks, including Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan, Centerview, Evercore, and PJT Partners, just to name a few. On this podcast, I'm going to help you demystify the investment banking recruiting process by sharing what the clients of Wall Street Mastermind have done to get results like these. Enjoy this episode. Hey guys, if you like the content on this episode today, I want you to go and click the subscribe button because I'm putting out multiple episodes every week, all with valuable uh, investment banking recruiting advice. So I just want to make sure that you guys uh, get all the future contents as well. Okay. Today, I'm going to talk about kind of a hot button topic, uh, to be honest. And, uh, you know, maybe it's going to trigger some of you. I don't know. But um, if it is giving you a warning right now, then don't watch this. But if you're easily triggered, but uh, I'm going to be. I'm going to talk about it anyway, because uh, I'm going to be talking about money. Okay. Like why does money really matter? Like, do we need a lot of money or not really? Right. Um, and so the reason I want to talk about this, cause you know, I ran an ad uh, where I told a story uh, between two guys, we call them Jack and David, right. Uh, two fictional characters that are actually based on two college friends of mine uh, that I know. So they're based on real people loosely. Um, but obviously I use different names just to, um, you know, I don't want to use a real identity, right? But regardless, one of them, uh, started his career in banking, investment banking, made $130,000 right out of school, um, uh, which is really, really good for a college grad, right? Um, and he's now worked his way up to, uh, being the CFO of a public company. Um, and you know, he's in his mid thirties now, right? But he, he's worked his way up to being a CFO of, uh, of a public, public company and, and he also has an eight-figure net worth, right? So he's done very, very well. He's definitely like, you know, in the top 1%, right? Probably more than that. Um, the other guy almost broke into IB, um, but he didn't, right? He didn't break in. So he was this close. Sometimes it's all in the margins, right? And he settled for a corporate finance job that paid him uh, $65,000 right out of school. Just, you know, it's okay for a college grad, pretty, pretty average, right? Um, and then after, you know, slowly climbing his way up the ladder over the last 10 years or 10 plus years, like, you know, getting five to 7% raises every single year, 10 years in his career, he finally got to that $130,000 a year mark, right? Which is what the first guy got, you know, in his first job right out of school, right? Just 10 years later is when he got there. And so that was the story, right? And the whole point of the story is that, hey, um, a large part of your career trajectory and, and your earnings, uh, your lifetime earnings trajectory is largely decided in how you start your career, which is, I believe is a true statement. It's what I found to be true myself and is what um, a lot of my friends uh, that have been working for, you know, the last 10 and 15 years have found as well, right? And I kind of s- see how well everyone's doing, right? And so um, I've actually gotten quite a few comments along the lines of, Oh, well, $130,000 is still a lot, right? Or basically along the lines of, well, money doesn't matter as long as you're happy. Or, oh, like, blah, 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 greedy, so greedy, Wall Street, this and that, right? Um, And I get it, you know, like, with the wealth gap that's, you know, ever-growing in our country now, um, there's a lot of people that are doing really, really well, and there's a lot of people that are struggling, right? And so I can see why this is a sensitive topic, and... I don't have the solution for that, 
I don't know how to, um, you know, decrease that wealth gap um, because the truth of the matter is the people that have money, the people that are wealthy, they have a lot more opportunities, right? Both whether it's from an education standpoint, uh, employment standpoint, job standpoint, investment standpoint, there's just a lot of things that they have going for them. Uh, that's more of a systemic thing. And that's above my pay, pay grade. I'm not here to tell you that I know how to solve that. However, um, I have experienced both sides, right? Uh, which is why I feel like I can speak to this. Like I didn't grow up with a lot of money, right? For those of you who don't know my story, like, you know, my family immigrated from um, Taiwan to the States when I was nine and uh, it was tough for us, right? And, and for a period of time, my, my dad was unemployed. My mom was a housewife. She didn't make money. Um, we pretty much depleted all of my parents' savings that they had saved up from, uh, you know, the first 10 years of my life when they were working in Taiwan. And um, it was hard, right? And at, some, at one point, we even had to uh, move back to Taiwan because we couldn't afford to stay in the States, right? So it was too expensive. And, you know, my parents... Um, they were just stressed out all the time. They, they like, they fought all the time. Like it was not, I'll just be completely honest. It was not fun to be at home in, in our household because uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my parents. They tried their hardest. They tried their best to give us the best life possible. And part of the reason why they were so stressed out is because they wanted to give us things that they couldn't afford, right? They wanted to let us live in certain school districts like, you know, I uh, went to high school in Cupertino, West San Jose. That's where Apple's headquartered. For those of you who don't know, it's a very expensive area. And part of the reason why it's so expensive is because they're really, really good high schools there, right? And my parents are big on education. And so they really wanted me to be able to stay there or be able to go to school there. But we had no business living there. Like we, based on our income and, and our net worth, like we were probably uh, some of the, I don't want to say, I don't want to say we're poor, but like, you know, like relative to most of the people in the community, like we definitely didn't belong there. Right. And so I've been through that. Right. And then I've also I also went from that to then graduating college, getting into investment banking, uh, making 125, 130K right out of school. And I only having to go up from there, making 200 plus thousand dollars three or four years in. And then, you know, going to work at some of the uh, most successful tech startups out there like Square, like GitHub and having those do very well. So I've been fortunate enough to not have to ever worry about money ever since I graduated, right? Like I've never had to penny pinch or I never had to like really think too hard about budgeting or, you know, what can I spend money on? What can I not spend money on? So I've seen both sides, right? And it's because I've seen both sides that I can tell you, like, it's a lot nicer. My quality of life is a lot better. And I'm a lot happier now that I don't have to worry about money. Right? I'm not saying I don't have any worries. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not stressed out ever. I'm not saying I don't, you know, that I'm happy 24-7, 100% of the time. That's not possible. That's not how life works, right? But I can say, like, def definitively that overall my level of happiness is much higher than it was before when I was a kid. And also it's much higher than, you know, I think what my how, how happy my parents were when I was growing up because I saw how they worked, Right. And I'm not saying 100% of that is attributed to money, right? But I can confidently say that a large part of that is. And so I agree that, look, at the end of the day, uh, it's not about how much money you have, right? Like when we die, we're not going to be able to take our money with us. Like you only need up to a certain amount. Um, but at the same time, like I don't really care about making money just to have money. Like 
most of us, we want, well, I think what we ultimately really care about is freedom, right? It's freedom, right? Like, and what, what do I mean by freedom? It's it, Money is just an enabler for you to have freedom. Money gives you more freedom because, um, you know, ultimately, like, you want to have the freedom of choice, right? The freedom to choose the, the, the jobs that you want to work at, right? A lot of people say, well, I hate my job, but I have to keep working it because if I don't, I'm going to be out on the streets. I'm going to be sleeping on the streets. I'm going to be homeless, right? I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I'm miserable. This is a dead-end job, but I need it, right? Like, so if you have money, you don't have to do stuff like that, right? So it's the freedom to choose where you work or how you want to work, right? It's the freedom to choose what cities you want to live in, right? Like my parents wanted us to live in Cupertino and, you know, we really couldn't. And eventually we had to move away, right? It's the freedom to live in the type of house you want to live in. It's the freedom to drive the cars you want to drive. It's the freedom to take the vacations you want to take. It's the freedom to send your kids to school where you want to send them to school, right? And to, to you know, go out and eat at the restaurants you want to eat at. Like all without, again, having to think about it or worry about whether we can afford it or not, right? And so just being able to provide the best life, not just for ourselves, right? But also for the people that we love and care about, right? At the end of the day, like we're not just trying to, make money to take care of ourselves. We want to try and take, take care of our, our spouse, our husband, our wives, our kids, our parents, uncles, aunts, cousins, whatever, whoever you want to take care of, your friends, right? Um, that's what it's all about, right? We're all just trying to create a better life for ourselves. And then, look, if you're even more successful than that, then you can contribute to even bigger causes, right, that you're passionate about. You can change the world. But all of that is only possible if you have the resources to do so. Right. So let's not make money out to be this uh, evil thing. Like, you know, think about how much philanthropy Bill Gates does. He's one of the richest guys in the world. He can't do what he's doing now if he didn't have all that money. Right. He can't do that without resources. So money can be used for good and it can be used for bad. Right. And that's up to the person that's using it. Uh, but money in and of itself is not a bad thing. Right. And I think that no matter what, we would all be better off uh, with more of it. And anyone who tells you that they would rather have less money must have never been, you know, where, <laughs> never been through what I've been through growing up, uh, which is like, you know, not have any money, right? Because not, and I'm not saying I'm right, by the way, uh, and the people who disagree with me are wrong, but it's just some food for thought, right? So that's my perspective. So hopefully that helps you guys and uh, that'll be it for today, all right? Thanks for listening to this episode. Interested in discovering how you can get personalized one-on-one coaching from Wall Street Mastermind to help you beat out the massive amount of competition out there? Head on over to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. And the street is abbreviated to ST, so it's really wall, stmastermind.com slash apply. And our team looks forward to speaking with you.